everybody welcome 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 it's good to see you yeah i can't see you but i can see you it's very nice to see you thank you so much for coming to hang out why don't you go ahead right now and let all the family and friends know that we are on and we are in for a treat from the word of god what a blessing how was your weekend mine was eventful Aish, we had the high flyers gathering we had the evening of hymns we had church on sunday hey, 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 hey. so much progi people who think that being a christian is boring is boring they need to come to worship harvest <laughs> no dull day so welcome 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 we're going to go straight into it it's nice to see you why don't you go ahead wherever you are and help me make welcome the holy spirit who is already present wherever we are with us but we are saying you're welcome you're welcome we recognize your presence and we're excited about you holy spirit thank you thank you for this opportunity to share your word thank you so much that the entrance of your word lord brings light and gives understanding to the simple thank you lord that your word converts the soul thank you lord that your word is everything it is our inheritance our identity our sustenance our confidence in life oh god and it never passes away father i pray that as we share your word today you will give us a fresh desire and a fresh passion for your word lord that will not read your word or be in it out of obligation but because we are excited to discover everything you have for us and who we are in christ jesus may this word bring life and light and change and transformation may it be a word in season lord to him who is weary we thank you in jesus name amen and amen welcome once again we are going to go straight into it just the other day i was i think driving home and i thought something hit me i'm like wait do you know that it is possible to go through something for many many years and get to a point where you think this is how my life will always be like you can't even imagine not being in that situation anymore maybe you've prayed about it you even stopped praying about it you're like you can't imagine your life without whatever that situation is but you can get to a point where God changes that situation so permanently that it's difficult for you to remember properly what it was like to be in that past situation before. So what happened is I was driving home and I suddenly remembered, wait, you used to have an identity crisis for many years. When I say identity crisis, I think people think I'm saying, oh, like, you know, I just had a low self-esteem and... I used to like think I'm not enough. I had issues. <laughs> I had so many issues. I genuinely and you see the thing about identity is that it's private at least in terms of how we think about ourselves. It's such a private thing that impacts how people experience you every day. You can be a person who's loving, but because you have issues with your identity and you're insecure, you can't be friendly with people. um or you think everyone is going to talk about you or you're worried about people's opinions all the time or you exclude yourself from things or you think you're not enough or you think your opinion doesn't matter or, now me i had issues i'll tell you a few stories just to sort of paint the issues now what am i talking about today today i'm asking the question who are you and then you put a colon and say the power of identity the power of identity who are you the power of identity now i'm going to talk about identity today because i realize that what has changed tremendously in my life is my identity how i see myself it's crazy like and what identity can do for or against you depending on where you are on the spectrum now i speak as one who i think had very major identity issues i'll tell you a few stories just to help you one I remember a time when when I was dating my my husband now we were dating and we would go out for meals and I genuinely could not choose an item on the menu it wasn't like I was being cute I couldn't I would freeze and start shaking and my mind would go blank um I used to admire people who had opinions I would be like are they human like do they have a gene which they were born with which gives you opinions my mind was always blank when they say oh you're keeping your opinion to yourself i had none i had no opinion because i i think growing up i felt like 
not, I didn't even feel it. I don't know how I arrived there, but generally, no one asked my opinion. It didn't matter. I didn't even think I should disturb people with opinions. And I think eventually that part of my brain shut down. And so now I was embarrassed that I was an adult and people had opinions and I had no opinion. So it's like you have this problem, but you're embarrassed to have the problem. And then you're annoyed. Why do you have the problem? And you don't, you know how to fix it. Because then people say, just say something. Say what? I have nothing to say genuinely. Like, I'm not saying I have this thing and I'm scared to say it. I have nothing. My mind would produce absolutely nothing. Like where you're so used to being a nobody that you get to a place where being asked to be something is too much work. When I would be asked to pray in a prayer meeting, I would get angry because I feared people to hear me pray. I felt like I'll pray the wrong thing or I'll say the wrong thing or I didn't want to say what I'm thinking or just that, that, that I felt like I shouldn't even speak among people or I... I, I, I if they told me you're going to be with someone like on a panel, I'm like, why should I talk? Like I have nonsense in my head. I have nothing useful to say. So I really, and that comes from outside. Everything you're experiencing on the outside is produced from the inside. Yes, the unseen creates the scene. What people couldn't see on the outside, I was a smiling person who looked confident, but on the inside, I thought so little of myself. I felt like as a constant inconvenience to people, my friends were enduring me. I cut my sentences short. I needed to speak quickly, get out of the way, or don't talk at all. And then I remember many, many things. For example, in at least here in Uganda, we use what we call taxis, which is really minibuses as public means of transport. Usually there's a person called a conductor and the driver. The conductor is essentially the person who stands at the door, collects the fare, and then you let him know when you need to get out. We don't have like stages which are standard. So you tell the person, I'm getting out from this place, and I will say, Masao, to say, right there, please stop the taxi. So very many times, I would sit in a taxi, and I would be so scared to tell the conductor to stop at my stop, because I felt like I'm inconveniencing him, and he might shout at me like, who are you to tell me to stop this car? Meanwhile, I've paid a fare. So what, what would I do? I would wait for whoever says the next Masao to get out. And I would estimate that I think this is the nearest I should get out so that I walk all the way to my next stop. Now, if you're in Uganda, you, I will tell you a place one time when I was at the university and I was supposed to get out in one day there where Makere University is. But I was so scared to tell the conductor to stop the taxi that they ended up, the next person said, they needed to get out when we were in a place called Waisi, which is kilometers away from Wandegea. And I got out at that point and I had no transport because my transport could only stop me. Um, like there, I didn't have money now to take me, but I walked in the night all the way back to Wandegea because I couldn't open my mouth. Like I would go mute. And then I forget a time I was walking home and there's this really dirty man, really, really, really dirty. So dirty, he looked like he'd been on drugs he smelled so bad, he could not even speak the language I was speaking, which is English at the time. And he comes to me and he tells me to give him my phone number. I was a university student. Do you know what I did? I gave him my phone number. I did feel that. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're like the real one. Yeah, the real one. And he started calling me. And now I avoided that route. I had to take a longer route home so that I can't be... Listen, your identity. If God hadn't helped me, I would have been those girls who are just properly abused because I didn't think that I had a right to say no to anyone I didn't think now later on when I got married I, my identity issues started to show up I, I I suspected my husband in terms of I suspected that he was always tricking me or trying to test me or trying like he I couldn't accept I couldn't receive love okay I couldn't and I, I want you to know that I was a person who read my bible and I prayed but I had an identity problem because the Bible wasn't necessarily impacting me. When I read it, I was reading it to see what wrong I was doing that God needed me to correct. I wasn't seeing what God had done for me. I wasn't seeing why I now am in Christ Jesus. I wasn't seeing that my identity had changed. And I think that when I was younger, I was a confident young girl because I was in this environment where I had a father, I had a mother, I had a home. And then when my parents died, I was thrust into the, the world of orphanhood. Now, I lived in good homes, people who loved me. But let me tell you, when someone is orphaned, they are orphaned. It's not, it's not a thing where now you start saying, oh, they are saying they didn't love me. Because sometimes I find people who say, when someone shares how they struggle, they think it was on them. No, orphanhood is something you can't understand unless you've been an orphan before. Because when you've lost both your parents, who are the people who give you a sense of core primary ident identity, 
because they when they ask you who are you usually you either say if you're young i'm the daughter of so and so to identify yourself or the son of so and so then they can trace you to somewhere or you say when you're older you start identifying yourself by your profession i'm a doctor i'm a nurse i'm an artist i'm a pastor that's how you identify yourself who are you i why in other words why are you here why should we give you access to this place so for me my primary identification as a child should have been parents who are now out of the way and so i lived in homes where no matter how good they were i always you always carry a thing of i don't belong here i'm the outsider i'm the extra child i i can't ask for too much let me be very careful do the best i can stay out of trouble be hard working i was a very hard working child in all the homes i lived in because i wanted to stay out of trouble and sort of i felt like i had to earn my place there now when you're in a child in a home where you were born and you're loved you never feel that you have to earn your place in fact you feel like you have rights and privileges i didn't feel that way i felt like people are enduring me i felt like I can't believe they allowed me to stay in their home. Now I took that same identity into Christianity. I always lived as one who God was enduring. I always asked God as if if you God if you don't mind I would really like this but you know I'm not saying I'm ungrateful because often that's how you approach life. When you have a caregiver, you make sure you're out of trouble, you're studying hard, they don't call them to school for anything. When you're home, you wake up earlier than the rest, you you make sure that you listen in for what they don't like, you don't do it what they like, you do it a lot. Why? You're trying to earn your place. And let me tell you, identity is not earned. I am in Uganda and I have a national ID as a Ugandan. I didn't earn that. I was born here. It's who I am. I'm like as in I'm Ugandan. So when I'm here, there's a way I expect life to be when i'm outside of my nation though i'm the same human being but my identity now i have to be careful in that nation i have to study what's important i have to why but if i became a citizen there things would be different i would have a certain level of comfort many of us as christians we carry around either an expired or false identity and we are in christ he has called you a son a beloved one highly favored but instead you see yourself as an inconvenience to god you see yourself as someone who god is enduring you see yourself as someone who's outside and you need an insider who god likes more to help pray for you or approach the father on your behalf you read the bible with the eyes of a convict you live life every day in fear because that's what happens when your identity is unsure you're always in fear of the future you're always there's a no confidence there's there's fear about access there's fear about there's no confidence about life there's a way i never had confidence in my life ever because and i couldn't touch what it was i was sent to good schools they paid my fees i was loved i had homes to live in but i always felt like i wasn't secure in the world I just felt unsure of life and that's how many of us are you a Christian you're loved by God but you don't know many of us as Christians have discovered we know how to work for God we know how to earn our place we don't know how to be loved and yet the kingdom of God works on love faith works by love the more you accept the love of God the more you become I I feel so confident I'm I'm still on a journey but I can tell you I am I feel so confident about the future. I feel so confident about you know matter what's happening now I know that life will only get better why it is what is in the word of God I'm a beloved child of God I'm not just a child of God I'm loved I'm favored beloved means highly favored one that you and I are God's beloved and you know what and I'll tell you many other bad stories about my identity crisis but I'll tell you that when you look at the life of Jesus who is our example when he Every time the father spoke about Jesus, God who sent him. Do you know what he said about him? Consistently he just said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." This is and he said it before Jesus ever worked any work. He showed up and he said, "This is my beloved son." You know in the book of Luke chapter 4, 3, when Jesus is getting baptized under the baptism of John, Jesus was it in Luke yeah chapter 3 when he's getting baptized for me what surprises me is when God speaks of Jesus he says this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Luke chapter 
Yes. Luke chapter 3. Um verse 21 and 22 Luke 3 21 and 22 when all the people were being baptized it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed the heaven was opened now many of us when we think of an open heaven you're thinking ah miracles signs God give me an open heaven God give me but let me tell you what happens when the heavens are opened because when many of us think of an open heaven we're like an open heaven means money is flowing favor is flowing joy is flowing reconciliation it is true but what is the first sign of an open heaven when the heavens were opened in verse 22 the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice from heaven which said you are my beloved son in you i am well pleased the first thing god bestowed on jesus before he could do any miracle any sign anything was identity he affirmed his identity and the highest level of identity in god is the is is the place of being a beloved son or daughter of god let me tell you that's the that's the because everything flows from that if I'm the most beloved child of my parents, it means I'll get the biggest share of the inheritance. It means my, my education is assured. It means that doors are going to open for me. It means that I have access to everything they have because I am beloved. I am favored by them. Do you wake up every day thinking God's beloved, God's most favored child has woken up? Jesus went through trials. Eventually he was betrayed. He died, but he remained God's beloved. At the transfiguration, when his disciples are with him and I know uh, uh, what's his name Elijah appears Moses appears and all these people appear you'd think that God at this point speaks like like the biggest point when he sees these people mesmerized Peter James and John are mesmerized and then Matthew 17 Matthew 17 let me show you what happens at the transfiguration you're going to see that identity is so critical that God keeps affirming Jesus identity before the cross John chapter 7, Matthew chapter 17, the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. In other words, Peter is like us. He's like this encounter. I don't want to leave the encounter. Some of us, all you're asking God for is more encounters. With all my identity crisis, I had had at least two extremely major encounters with God. Where I had physically experienced God, but I had an identity crisis. Like I had had encounters and what I was seeking for were more encounters. What I really needed was my identity to flip. Because when you've had all these encounters, it's like going into, like when I tell you I was living in homes, they are taking me to school, they are loving me, but I'm still an outsider in my heart. I'm an outsider. So I interpreted everything through the lenses of an outsider. Whatever they didn't do for me, it's because I'm not part of this family. Whatever they did, uh, they could have done more. I saw my life through what I did not have, not through what I had. The thing about identity is about what you have. Jesus, at this point, you'd think, about these guys are saying, Jesus, let's make a tent here. While he was still speaking, verse 5, while Peter was saying, let's make a tent, I want, an, I want to stay in the place of encounter. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright light covered, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In other words, Peter, James, John, don't be too excited about the encounter. Be more excited about my son, Jesus Christ. Hear him. It is his words that are going to change your life. In other words, you should value your identity in Christ above encounters. Jesus never walked around telling people oh, he had had an encounter with God. He kept saying, I am the son of, like me. My father does this. My father, everything he did was out of sonship. It wasn't out of encounter. You don't hear him talking about his 40 days in the wilderness. Ever, he doesn't refer to them. He keeps talking about my father, my father, this, my father, that. Father, 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 if it's your will, father, do this. Father, help them. Father, thank you. Father, it's father, 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 father. In other words, identity, everything flows from identity. 
many of us carry around expired or false identities. For example, I went to university and they gave me an ID. I can't use it now. It's many years ago. It was it became invalid eventually. There are things you used up to this point which you need to let go of because when any man is in Christ, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it starts in 16 by saying, from now on we consider no one after the flesh. Stop, stop being, you're, you became a new being in Christ, but you're still identifying yourself based on patterns, the, the former alcoholic or the, I don't know, whatever it is you identify with, starts to guide your life and shape it. I carried the identity of an orphan long into my 20s. Can you imagine? I still felt like an orphan. So when I went to family functions, I was still trying to prove myself that I've made it in life because I felt like people, I needed to prove something to who I don't know, some people. The truth is that the crisis becomes a problem when you are the one who has problems. When you feel that you're not enough, you start thinking people think you're not enough. It's you. I remember we had one car, a Mercedes Benz, my husband and I, and I felt like that thing was part of my identity. I was okay. I didn't care about that car until we had a family gathering. If my husband had a meeting to go to and I'm the one going to the family gathering and my sister is happy to drive with me in her car, I didn't want. I wanted to drive the Benz because the Benz was part of my identity to show some imaginary people that I had made it in life. Can you imagine? As in, my identity was on a car. So what happens if that car is taken away? At some point, my identity was I had finished school. So what happens if the degree becomes irrelevant? Then you need to study more. Then now it will be about money. It will be about who you marry. Some of you, it becomes about just getting married to anyone. It's dangerous. What happens if the marriage fails? What happens if you can't have children, if your identity is about children? What happens if the job is taken away? What happens if your identity is about, I don't know, a skill you have and maybe now you can't use it anymore? What happens, like for you when they ask you who you are, what's the thing that drives you, that gives you confidence in life, that makes you feel like you have a voice in the world? Is it a temporary thing? Is it your family background? At some point, I wished I belonged to another tribe because girls from that tribe were so beautiful. In the school I went to, to be the timekeeper, you had to be the, the prettiest girl in school. It was like a contest. Can you imagine it? Timekeeper in school was a beauty contest. And I quickly noticed all the timekeepers for the years I was there were from a particular country. I won't tell you which one it is, but they are beautiful women. You know what I decided? I started telling people, my father, since he was dead and he couldn't defend himself, I told them he was from that tribe in that country. Because I was like, maybe you don't, you never know. I might start to be, look like those girls. Maybe they might make me the timekeeper. <laughs> Just know I finished school without ever being a timekeeper. And I changed my name. I told them my name. I told them, but, but that name, I can't use it. I had a name from that tribe. I won't tell you the name because you start disturbing me. But you, me, I have my issues. For you, for you, what were your things? <laughs> I'm telling you, you people, I had issues. Then I would be there gossiping about people. Like I have a friend, but I'm talking about my friend who with this new friend because I don't know how to have a relationship without destroying another person. I didn't it. And then I would feel bad that I've done it. Ah. Issues. As in issues. Even when I would be going for a barrio, I needed to buy a new dress. Barrio. My husband couldn't believe it. I'm like, I have to buy, and it had to be an expensive dress so that these people see that now. You know, if you need to prove something to people, it means it's not there. I don't need to prove, you don't need to prove that you've made it if you've made it. And meanwhile, I was reading my Bible, I was preaching the gospel, and I had an identity crisis. Why? I had not taken on my new identity. Yes, I went through university, and I can't use the ID anymore. There's a time I worked in a certain place, and I had an identification, which gave me access. I can't use that ID because I left that workplace. It expired. There's an identity you've carried up to this point that you need to let go of to be able to enter your new identity. It can't give you access. The other day we went with my siblings to visit a certain place and to visit there there's a particular id they require you can't say i have a driving permit i swear i have this there's a particular id they need and i'd left that id in a wallet in a bag we could we, we went to the gate and we couldn't enter someone had to go get a bike go to the place where my bag was get the wallet get that particular identification out bring it to me where I was so that then we could enter. We stood outside that place for more than an hour. We were there, but we couldn't access the place. And that's how many of us are. You're in Christ Jesus, but you're outside the gate because you enter in as a worker. You enter in as an orphan. 
You enter in as an uneducated person. You enter in and yet no one comes to the Father except through the Son. We are supposed to carry around the identification of sons of the living God, daughters of the living God. That's what gives you boldness. That's what gives you access. That's what gives you joy. That's what brings satisfaction in your life. I'm a child of God. What can the world do to me? If God is for me, who can be against me? And I'm not just a child, I'm a beloved there is a difference between being a child in a home and being a beloved one. Even you, you know that in your home, if you're more than one sibling, if you're three, four, there's a, ki- a child in the home who you know has, they believe they are beloved. So the parents favor them a little bit more and you send them to your parents for access to certain things. My kids try to do it. I discourage them and I've figured out who they use against who. There's one they use against my husband and one they use against me. And you know what? Those children, both of them believe they are the most favored. So they will come to us with confidence. So I've told the others, if you send them, you get nothing. You must believe that you're favored by me. I'm your mother. Why are you sending your sibling? You can't even be a child in a home and you carry that spirit. Many of us, why we are struggling right now, honestly, the question that I'm asking is, who are you? When you're approaching God, are you approaching him as God's beloved? The highly favored one who he can't withhold anything good from? Who he sent his son to die for? I am a child of God. Everything Jesus has access to, I have access to. Let me tell you, I carry a confidence in life. I'm so unaware of being a Ugandan. I don't approach life as a Ugandan. I don't approach life as a, 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 as, as a girl, a female person. I don't approach life based on my education. All I have is a degree, okay? And I don't feel motivated to do any higher level of getting like a master's. I'm always learning, but not necessarily to get a certificate so that I say I'm a master's holder so that we do what? When you're a master's holder, what happens? You understand, like, there are things I've accessed which I don't qualify for. Do you know why? Because of my dad. As in, I'm a child of God. So I'll enter those doors not because I qualify, but because I'm beloved. I'm a beloved child of God. You guys, this thing has changed my life. Your identity will determine your access. Your identity will determine your boldness. Your identity will determine your confidence. Your identity will impact how you pray. Your identity will impact how you serve in the church. If you, if you serve as a son, it's so different from how when you serve as a worker. If you're a worker, you, you, you know what workers understand? Wages and rewards. Sons are not really concerned about wages and rewards. Sons, it's love. What they don't want is to lose a relationship. And I realized that I'm so motivated by relationship, I thought it was a weakness. I'm not competitive inside. I'm really not, if you, if you get to know me, you realize it's very bad. Like if you want to demotivate me, bring me competition. Even in games, I shouldn't be on your team if you're competitive, because I don't care if we win or lose. But when a relationship is at stake, ah, you have me. If God tells me to do something, I'll be driven, but not necessarily out of winning anyone or doing, it's just obedience, love. But there was a time I, my identity was in proper crisis in God. When I was an insider, but I acted like a complete outsider, I, would, I felt like there are people who God listened to better. So I would tell them, you pray for me about this issue and then tell me what God says. In other words, he won't talk to me, but I think he'll talk to you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You have a new identity. Stop walking around with an expired identification. In Uganda, we have national IDs, but they expire after 10 years. If I'm still the same person, but if I have an expired ID, there are places I can't go to. Yeah, so you have an expired ID. Up to this point, you still refer to how you are the one who had an abortion. God moved on. Also, you move on. He doesn't see you like that. He sees you as blameless. He sees you as beloved. Okay, you made a bad financial decision. You're God's beloved child. With you, he is well pleased, not because of anything you've done. That's what he told Jesus all throughout his ministry. Every time God appeared to Jesus, he affirmed his identity. That's all. It's like he needed to remind him, hey, everything you do flows out of this. You're my child. You can't lack. You're my child. Your future cannot be in the balance. You're my child. You're forgiven. You're my child. Like when my ch- children do anything and I discipline them, they don't now think they've left their place. We talk immediately after. But some of you, when you go through discipline with God, that's it. Ah! You're sitting in a meeting. They ask you for your opinion. I, everything, the, the room starts moving. You know, it's not a big opinion about something. But you feel like you can't talk. You can't. You, I don't deserve, it's because you've not renewed your mind to being, I can say a thing and it's not very clever. It's okay. It was my opinion. I'm a child of God. It's what gives me identity. Because you see, you can take away anything in my life. 
and I can bounce back. Why? I'm a beloved child of God. I'm a beloved child of God. I go through trouble as a beloved child of God. I go through trials as a beloved child of God. I've gone through grief as a beloved child of God. So then I run to him and not away from him. Who are you? What's your core identity? What excites you? Let me tell you, if you don't see yourself as a son or a daughter, you'll remain dissatisfied. Nothing will count. All these things you're walking around with, a low self-esteem, I don't know what. I mean, it's all identity. It's because there's a way you see yourself, not the way God has described you. You feel alone. You feel dissatisfied. You feel insecure. You feel unsure. How, how, how do you feel when someone is testifying about progress? Do you feel like now for you, you've lost? Or you, or you can celebrate with them knowing if my father has done it for them, it means even me, my, my miracle is coming. I have some, two of my children, they used to have a very bad habit when their sibling would be having a birthday party. They would be crying. Ah, identity issues. It's like you can't celebrate with those who are celebrating. And I had to kick, kill it out of them. They would cry, I feel bad. She has gifts and I don't have. Ah, I said, this is a demon. You are a child in this home. That's your sister. Celebrate with her. Then on your birthday, we'll celebrate with you. Now they are okay. But there's one of them who has never had those problems. She quickly celebrates. She, come on me. Come and see what so-and-so has got. They've got this. Oh my God. It's so nice. It's so nice. And you know, that, that child, she is so confident about being loved. So she doesn't, she doesn't have to mourn when others are rejoicing. What about you? For me, I mostly identified by what I did not have. And the scripture I've taken you to is the one we started with in Luke 3, 20 and 21. The ministry of Jesus began by an affirmation in his identity. And even towards the, in the middle when God appeared again, he at the place of encounter, a crazy encounter, God was like, that's a nice encounter. But what I want you to know, the most important position, beloved son, I'm well pleased with you. It's not about Moses appearing to you and Elijah. Some of you want to see angels. God, if you show me an angel, you will see the angel and you will still have issues. <laughs> because angels don't change your operations. You just now want more because you think maybe if you tell people how you saw an angel or what, some, as in identity crisis. I even know people who forge being possessed by demons. Oh yeah, they forge, they forge falling down because they want attention. You're so dissatisfied, you're forging being under demonic influence. I loved pity. When I was young, younger, because I had a love and identity problem. I was always talking about how I'm an orphan. Then people would say, oh, but at some point when you're 30, no one wants to really hear about your orphanhood, okay? As in, please help us. You can't be a 40-year-old orphan. So what should we do? Feel sorry for you. What about the children who have just lost a parent who are two years old? What do we do with them? You can't keep referring to, let me tell you, yes, you went through pain as a child, but now you're a child of God. And the healing is going to come out of you affirming yourself. No one is going to have to affirm you. Get what the Bible says about you. I am God's beloved child in whom he is well pleased. It's going to be difficult for the devil to shake you when you're confident in God's love for you. It's going to be so difficult. Your confidence can't come out of education. Your confidence can't come out of your family background. I used to feel like I'm unsure in the world because I didn't have a name that I could mention out there to say, oh, I'm the child of so-and-so. I would mention my grandfather's name because he was well-known. But even then I felt like I'm tying on him. You, you understand where you want to mention an uncle who is not really a, an uncle by birth, but an uncle by being a long-term neighbor of yours at home because he has a big name in society. You have an identity problem because deep down, you don't feel confident in the world. Where is the source of your identity? Me, I have confidence now, you guys. Let me tell you, I don't identify as a pastor. That's not my core identity. It's what I do in the kingdom. But I'm a child of God. And I can tell you before God, I'm being honest, before God, if this, if my office was taken away, like if God told me stop pastoring, I before God He knows my heart, I would be okay. It actually used to scare me. I'd be like, how come it would be? I would be okay. It's because this is not who I am. This is what I do in the kingdom. If God told me now I need you to stop pastoring, 
for the next five years, I would sit in a congregation and I would be happy. <laughs> Why? It's not what gives me identity. It actually is something that even scares me. Be called pastor. Being a mother is wonderful, but it's not the source. It's, I, don't, I, I don't identify myself as a mother. I don't identify myself as a wife. I don't identify myself as I don't know a what, I what. Some of you, it's land. It's a building a house. There was a time when building a house, eh? I just was like, God, the day you give me a house, you can take me to heaven. Not really. <laughs> we, we have our, we live in a house now. I mostly see the gaps. Thank God that my identity is not about the house because I wouldn't even allow people to visit because it's not yet how I want it to be. Some of you can't let people into your home because your identity is best. People will think this about me. Start breaking those things. Allow people into your home. Allow, give, give, start practicing having an opinion. Say something. Fight that thing that is telling you you're nothing. No one cares. You have no opinion. Maybe you had a bad reputation before. I don't know of being not dependable, of being a thief, of being loose, but you're in Christ. A righteous man may fall seven times. I, me, I'm even confident. I can say, I know, I know that you know that I usually do this thing, but yeah, I'm changing. God is working in me. And I'll fall again and I'll rise again. Why? I'm a child of God. <laughs> That's my core identity. The highest position you have in the kingdom, highest, is being a beloved child of God. Highest. Everything flows out of that. Favor comes from being a beloved child of God. In fact, beloved, Apostle Moses told us and said that the word beloved means highly favored one. And let me show you a scripture. Let me show you a scripture. It's in the book of Colossians 1.13. Mm, mm, it's a good word. It's a good word. Colossians 1.13. And it says... I start from, maybe I shouldn't start at verse 13. Let me start from verse 9, Colossians 1, 9, which says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. May you be filled with the knowledge of God's will for you. God has the better plans than natural parents can have. I've told my children that I love you, but God loves you a thousand times more. He has better plans for you than mommy and daddy do. Our plans are small. God's plans are big. God's plans are big because we are simply an expression of the heart of God. So you're not disadvantaged. I'm begging you, child of God, understand that your greatest advantage is being the beloved, highly favored child of God. You're spoiled. You're a spoiled child. You're a beloved child. Like, what, 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 what can the world do to you when God is on your side? Let me tell you, there's a confidence that comes with that. I met people who were confident in life because of being parented and loved well in the natural. Then I met Jesus and I allowed him to parent me. And I can't, I can't lie to you that this thing happens in one day. It's by the renewing of your mind. You fight the voices, you fight the feelings, you fight, you fight through them, you speak when you don't feel like speaking, you show up when you don't feel like showing up, you speak the word of God over yourself, you pray prayers that you, and you, until one day something just goes whoop, and you transform because the word of God converts you. You become a different person. You change identity. You see, identity gives you access. There are places which you would never enter until you work in that place. Then they give you access in two rooms others can't access. Your identity as a child of God is going to give you access in two rooms people can't access. The grace of God gives you access. Into favor, into life, into expecting good, into wealth, into divine health. Not because of anything you've done. You have the same access Jesus has. He says that let them know that as you have loved me. I think it's, let me first finish this one. Then we'll go to that verse. They are coming quickly. He says that, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being faithful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the father who has qualified us ah, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. God has qualified you. 
you don't you know your prayer life doesn't qualify you you pray from a place of i have access these are my things for me most of my prayer time is loving god and receiving what is mine i'm always prophesying lord i thank you i'm always thanking god for this but there was a time my prayer list god help me give me confidence but he already gave it to me i started acknowledging what i have in christ get the word of god and start undoing the lies because now I really don't care what car I drive. I don't care what clothes I wear. As in, it's so bad. And it's like once I stopped caring, the things came to me. Because now I don't care. That's not my source of identity. My source of identity is I am a child of God. <laughs> There's no way you can... I'm so advantaged in life. I'm a child of God. I'm favored. Of course, I'm surprised if things don't work for me. I go back to my father and say, as in, what did I miss there? Father, what's the key to that door? of access and then he says verse 12 says that we give thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light and then he says he has delivered us not he will he has delivered us listen from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us you know a conveyor belt where the bugs pass at the airport they are being conveyed to you. They are being moved. He took you out of the kingdom of darkness and he has conveyed us into, listen, the kingdom of the son of his love. Can you imagine that? The kingdom of God is the kingdom of the son of his love. That's the kingdom we are a part of. It's a kingdom of sons who are loved. That's the, so you can't be in that kingdom and you don't understand the core thing that gives you access to that kingdom, who you are. You are a beloved child of God. That is it. And it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You are God's beloved. When you have money, when you don't have money, you're the beloved. So you can then, if you believe you're loved, you go and ask for what is yours or even mistake what is yours. When you enter a place where you know you're loved and accepted, you don't ask, can I touch that? Can I touch that? One particular child of mine, they don't ask for access. You be there, you're at church walking, you see your shoes on their feet. Like, who gave you my shoes? They just start laughing. The next thing you know, your clothes. This dress, they started, at some point, they kept telling me, you gave it to me. I didn't give it to you. But you see, those are beloved children because you, you can't enter someone's home who you have no confidence in relationship with and start wearing their shoes, their clothes, their hair bands, their jewelry. Their, so actually, now I have two of them who constantly, I just find my things have disappeared. Now, if you're not someone who's loved well, you can say that's indiscipline. No, it's not really. You can indiscipline about a, a daughter and a, and a mother. It's not indiscipline. It's people just have a place where they are confident and they have access. You understand, and that's something I couldn't understand, because me, I can't lie to you. There is no one who I I had ever done that to. That I go to my auntie's room and I get her clothes. It never even crossed my mind. There are many things you've not even thought about accessing in God because you don't think you're loved. You think you're working your way into God's heart. He's enduring you. You need to first fix this, fix that. Then one day you can ask God for something. No. The moment you came into Christ Jesus, you entered the kingdom of his beloved son. And you're one of the beloved sons and daughters of God. And that the way he has loved Jesus in John 17, 3, I believe. Jesus is praying for his disciples. And he says... No, not John 17, 3. Okay, 17, 3 is good, but John 17, 23. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Have you heard that? That God loves you the way he loves Jesus. What did he ever withhold from Jesus? Nothing. What is he withholding from you? Nothing. But if you enter the kingdom with another identity of an orphan, of a worker, of someone who God is, is, is enduring, there are things you can't access. You approach the throne of grace. It's a throne of grace with confidence to find mercy and grace in your time of need. You have to be, approach the throne of grace boldly. What gives you boldness? Sonship. Beloved sonship. The highly favored one has come. When you go to work, the highly favored one has entered. When you go for the interview, the highly favored one has come. When you're praying about marriage, the highly favored one is praying. You, like, I can't explain to you. It's like you, you carry 
an extreme advantage in life. Other people should look at your life and say, unfair. He says that the world may know. When people look at our lives, they should look at us and say, unfair. But you know how you're going to enter the unfair territory? By knowing that you carry an unfair advantage. Not because of anything you've ever done. Because of what Jesus did. And God, it pleased God to make you a beloved child. To give you an inheritance. You need to carry a confidence about your life. Someone here, you have these issues about people's opinions. Your life is about people's opinions all the time. Opinion, opinion, opinion. You can't make up your mind about anything because you want the favor of men more than the favor of God so much. Start to pursue the favor of God. I'm not saying you feel nothing or you switch off people. No, but it can't. I was I was in a very unhealthy place in my life there. Opinions. I, I, I. What do they think? Now, you even do things you shouldn't be doing so that they can think something about you. I still value the opinions of certain people. But it's not coming from an unhealthy place. You see, two people can give someone a gift and one is trying to win them over and another is loving them. It's the motive. What motivates you? What motivates you? Do you wake up every day thinking about your background, your tribe, your skin color, the car you drive or the car you don't drive, how you look, your education, your marital status, the children you have, the school you went to, the profession, your personality, accent, I don't know what. Your greatest privilege is to be called God's beloved child. That's what gives you access. Because if all you've achieved so far was stripped away, what would you be left with? What would give you the boldness to bounce back in life? And I want to close by saying to you, embrace your place of identity. How? Acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. You can't convince me that I can fail in life. And that can sound like I'm proud. No. I'm j I just know who I am. Like for me to fail in life, there are scriptures you have to pull out of the Bible because I'm a beloved child of God. God hedges me in behind and before. There's no way I can fail. He always causes me to triumph. He always causes me to triumph. Even when things are not working, they will work for my good. <laughs> but that confidence, I didn't have it before at all. At all, because I'd put my confidence in other things, not in Christ Jesus. You're an insider. You're a child of God. You have access to everything God has given access to Jesus. Access gives you a sense, identity gives you a sense of belonging. And so I ask you, what... Who are you? What is your identity? When you're going to God, do you go as a beloved child when you're praying? Or do you go as someone who you're hoping God can answer you? From today, when you wake up, think about it. Speak it. I'm God's beloved daughter. I face my day today as God's beloved son. I face that appointment today as God's beloved. God will give me wisdom. He'll give me grace. Why? He loves me. He's not against me. He's for me. I can't fail in life. Why? I'm God's beloved. I have an assurance. Because now that I'm in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm reconciled to God. I'm a child of God. I go from glory to glory. From grace to grace. From favor to favor. From light to light. Things are working for my good. Things are shifting in my favor. God is my father. Things I cannot fail. I have an unfair advantage in life. May that be your posture every day of your life, beginning today. You're God's beloved. You're not an outsider. You're an insider. And I speak healing to those of you who have been through years where you had words for people who should have spoken life over you spoke death. May you experience healing as you acknowledge who you are in Christ. You're not disadvantaged. You're not alone in the world. You have a father. You're watching and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you've thought that God needs you to first change, then you come to him. No, you come to him and then you receive a new identity. And from that identity, you enter deliverance, you enter joy, you enter peace, you enter, he cleanses you. You come in and then you, when you enter that place, you get the privileges of sons. You don't first so become a son and then enter. No, it's coming in that gives you sonship. And Jesus, God loves you. He loves you. He just wants you to accept his love. So why don't you pray this prayer after me? 
Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my savior. I come into your family and I receive access. I receive boldness and I receive confidence. Heal me from my past and give me a new future. I give myself to you. I believe that you died for all my sins and you rose again for my glory. Teach me to love you. Teach me to serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again. Welcome to the family of God. Send us a message on that number, 0775642449. That's 0775642449. Tell us, I received Christ on Faith Boosters today. I want to pray for you and help you make sense of what has happened. I also speak healing to all of you who have carried insecurities, who have carried a feeling of shame. You don't even know why you feel ashamed. You feel alone in the world. You feel not confident about the future. I speak that as you acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus, you will carry the confidence I have experienced where every day you wake up, you know it will be well. Why? I have God on my side. May you start identifying yourself most of all as a beloved son and beloved daughter of the living God. And may you see the rewards of that identity, the access, the boldness, the confidence into the faith and grace in which we stand. You are loved. Don't forget it. Keep speaking it until it feels true in your heart. See you next week. Same place, same time.